really? Didn't God open up the ground and swallow people once for talking about Moses? Why does everybody want to get mad at Moses? He went and got them out of Egypt, and then they wanted to complain about it. All right. Complaining is going to get you out of fellowship with God. So if you have COVID, you don't need to be in sin. I'll come over here. <laughs> Did that make sense? I mean, when you're hacking your guts out, it's not the time to get out of fellowship with God. And start blaming people, you're sick. Right. It's in the whole earth, darling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a tendency from the garden to find who's to blame. I don't care whether you're married or you run a business. Anytime somebody steps out of fellowship, the tendency is to blame. Very few people take personal responsibility. Amen. Well, might have been me. Might have been Walmart. Might have been Lisa. No, not really. But you know, when I got home from Israel and Lisa swears I didn't have it, but I was sick as a dog. I didn't know what COVID was. Well, okay, it was January. I never heard of COVID. And I didn't have enough sense. When I came, I, th I thank God nobody in this church got it because I got up and preached and then went home, you know. But I just thought I had a cold. And then I got later, I went, hacking, cough, respiratory. That might have been one I had. The good news is now I can come to your house and pray for you because you can't give it to me. <laughs> I've been inoculated. I don't need no vaccine. All right, y'all. So I said that because I want you to understand something. That well, It's funny how Christians are. Many will betray one another and hate one another. There's many false prophets going to rise and deceive many because lawlessness will abound, the love of many. Talking about Christians, this is going to be a sign of the time now. You're going to watch Christians fall away from God, and I'm going to tell you the ones that are the ones that were never rooted to begin with. And the pressure is going to finally hit them. And they're just kind of sitting in church doing nothing and pretending like they're all right with God. And then when a trial comes and the house crashes, everybody goes, hmm. It, it wasn't the wind and the waves that knocked it down. It was the foundation you did not build. So when you see Christians live out of fellowship with God, that was something going on in there so long before this. It just exposed it. All right. And you're going to see it. All right. We're going to see it. We're seeing lawlessness like what point is it that I want to make my point so I'm going to burn all city down? Uh, we're impressed. And now we just want to serve you all the more. Right? I don't think so. You showed your backside. Amen. So if someone thought you were an idiot before, now they know you are. You've proved it. Okay, that may be, that may be too much. All right, Matthew 24. See, you've got to see that you're not troubled. Now I want you to write something down because 
Satan cannot control you without fear. I want you to write that down. I want you to write it in your Bible. Write it someplace. If he, in order to manipulate you, he will have to get you to fear. In order for God to work, he's going to have to get you in faith. Now, you've got two opposing forces, and both of them are at work in the earth, and you have to choose one of them. You, choo- you don't choose f- faith, you'll choose fear by default, because fear is, is Adam's faith perverted. All fear is is perverted faith. It's not faith in God, it's faith in yourself or, or faith in, in the circumstance, but it's still faith in something. All right, and we'll see this in a minute. So I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 5, and go, let's go over there, because I want you to say this with your mouth, say, no fear here. You're going to have to learn to talk to fear. Don't, don't pretend like it's not bothering you. I want to say that again. When it's coming on you, you, you lose the battle by default. Don't be afraid to talk. I'm going to say that again. You, you can't go through life you talk to traffic lights and to people from New York. We're not all on vacation. Please go. Okay. We're talking all the time. Why is it odd when someone says, talk to fear? You know, there was a while when I would get in fear or Satan was tempting me, and I began to notice how quiet I was. And I begin to wrestle with the devil in my mind. Like, mm-mm, oh, and something would come out like, shoot, darn. And I wasn't cussing. I mean, I really say shoot. But I never would go, shut up. Get off me. No fear here. Yeah, you have to train yourself to do what Jesus did and talk to the devil because you're sitting there convinced and he's telling you, this is not the devil. You're scared. And you're sitting there thinking, well, it is me. No, it's not me. God didn't give you spirit of fear. Say, it's not me. It's a spirit. And the Bible says, if you resist him, he will flee. So you have to open your mouth and don't be afraid. You know, in our, and listen, put, get you a phone thing and put it in your ear. And pretend like you're on the phone. No, I'm not doing that. You think you're talking to your wife or something, you know, just, you know, it's funny. You, walk, you see people in the mall and you're walking around, they're talking to somebody and they're alone. You're going, what? And then you realize they got a little thing in their ear and you go, oh, they're on the phone. I, I got to tell you all something. It's just funny, funny, funny what people do. I walked in, I was in the bathroom one day and I was washing my hands and there was a guy over there practicing, I thought, Kung Fu. And he's going. And I'm going, you're weird. And it dawned on me, he's in front of the towel thing trying to get it to, to the, the thing to work. And I thought, what a, I mean, practice Kung Fu at home, you know, 
shy ha wah. And then I walked up and he left and I went. <laughs> I couldn't get the towel out either, you know. And, but it's funny how we see people do things and we go, you're weird. You're fruiting out on me, you know. So uh, he wasn't practicing kung fu. He just wanted to dry his hands. Uh, it has nothing to do with anything but other than weird people. So, so don't be afraid to talk. I mean, I, I almost want to just get on this now. Talk, Satan. <laughs> no. No, I'm not going down that road. No, God hadn't given me a spirit of fear. No. No, God is for me. I'm not. Open your mouth. And, you know, uh, Mark Hankins has helped me with that. It's funny how you have to hear someone say something a hundred times before you finally go. But, but he said you, you, you lose by default if you do not say something. And I've just gotten in the habit of just talking to what I'm going to call my dumb thoughts. Like, uh, not going down that road. No, that's not going to happen. No, no, in Jesus' name, no. No, the love of God is shed abroad in my heart, not going down that road. No, God didn't give me a spirit. No, 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 he's for me. If God is for me, who could be against me? He heard my prayer. He heard me, said he heard me. Quote scriptures, don't, don't be afraid of what people might think of you. They already think you're weird anyway. Or maybe they don't think about you at all anyway. You know, I don't worry about what people think. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. Sad but true. All right, First Peter chapter five, and I I want to read all of this. And boy, do I want to do something else right now, but I but I'm not going to. This is going to be a life style. Now you're going to major on this scripture between here and the rapture. You're going to get real tempted to wig. Ah! All right. Now look at this. Let's look at 5.3. No, 5.5. Five, five. Likewise, you younger people, wouldn't this be great for the youth? Submit to your parents. Thank you. Submit yourselves to your elders. All of you be submissive. Submission is a sign you're in fellowship with God. No submission You're just playing a game. That is the key. You're going to watch this now. You're going to see a key here because you're either submitting to God or you're submitting to the fear. You're not going to do both. So you might as well figure out, I'm going to need to submit to God right now. Now, this is going to show you, he's going to show you what you're going to do to be submissive, okay? Um, Submit to God. Uh... Be clothed with humility. Now, I almost wish I had time tonight to get into this, but the word humility means to go low. Really what it means is take yourself out of your own keeping. Go low. When you got born again, you humbled yourself. God, I can't save myself. I'm going to take a knee right now, and I'm going to make Jesus Lord. That's humility. Now, let's listen to this. Just listen to me carefully. 
God resists the proud. God will not help you if you're worrying. Are you out there? No, he won't either. Because you're, number one, you're not submitting to him and pride is sin. Uh, you just don't understand what I'm going through. Doesn't matter. I'm going to tell a story in a minute and I want you to get it. But he gives grace or supernatural ability to the humble or supernatural ability. In other words, he will come along and do for you what you couldn't do. Now, let me prove that to you. Could you save yourself? No. But when you humbled yourself under the mighty hand of God, he did what you could not. That's not the last time you need to take a knee. Arrogance is not godly. It's satanic. It's worldly. It's flesh. It's wicked. Okay. Self, trusting yourself, worrying is. Now, I'm, I'm not here preaching at you because I'm going to tell you this. I probably quote that scripture more than any other scripture to myself. If I have one weakness, it's a tendency to take over. I'll do this. It usually gets all messed up. Now I'm going to tell you a story. And I hope, it, I hope this sticks with you. When I, when I married Lisa, I told her when we were dating, and she knew this to be a fact. I said, honey, I've got to call God on my life. I'm not getting off that call. There was no evidence in the natural other than something burning in my heart. I'm called to, to preach the gospel full time. I, that's what I'm called to do. And she said to me, I know that. I can tell it. But I'm going to tell you when we first got married, I'm laying block. It began to bother me. I mean, I've I'm, I'm got a call, and I mean, nothing's happening. So Lisa and I started a ministry. I started one called Wings of Freedom. And in one year, I got three places to preach, one offering that didn't even pay for the, five, the 8086 computer we had, which is a glorified typewriter. And I mean, you're talking about embarrassing that I have a call and I'm, I'm doing everything I know to make it happen. And I'll tell you what happened to me one day as I got so frustrated, I went to God and I said, I don't care. I refuse to try to make something happen. You either called me or you did not call me. And if you want to use me, use me. But if not, I'll lay block the rest of my life. And from this day forward, I will, I have no cares. Now, my anxiety... I thought I was helping God. Oh, come over here. I didn't, I'm just not even getting, they're not even grunting at me. Do you understand how you can, do, do y'all, y'all ever done this? I mean, I'm like, I am, I am working it and pushing it and pulling the levers and pushing the buttons and making my confessions and nothing happening. So finally I went, God, 
So Tom called me. He said, I want you to come preach for me. And I preached a sermon called, I don't care. I was so over trying to do the will of God without him. Now I got to trust him to do it. Now that's really what I was doing. I wasn't trusting him, but I had always been. My personality is if there's not a door there, I'll just put one. I'll get a saw and cut a hole in the wall. And I'm, and I'm kind of that nature. Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. And I don't mean that God doesn't want you to do things, but he doesn't want you to do what you can't do. And there's a lot of stuff in the days we're in, you can't do it. You can't heal you. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff coming. Worry is faith in yourself. That's not easy to hear because I'm sitting around worrying, what about this and what am I going to do and what am I going to do and what am I going to do? What's Lisa going to think? I told her I'm called. What's, what is my family going to think? I mean, I, I mean, Lisa married a block mason. I got to make something happen and it didn't. I failed miserably until I gave it to him. And then somebody called me one day and says, Air Mobile Ministries is looking for pilots. And I went, and the Lord said, do it. And I went, yes. And it wasn't full time, but one week a month, I'm preaching in the Bahamas. I had a ball because at least I'm doing something. And at that time, I've got to tell you the rest of the story. I just got prompted by God. I made up my mind to never push my weight around again. I will never ask for a place to preach. Because I got tired. I did it, and, and it's, I groveled. And I'm not going to grovel. God's not big enough. I'm not doing this. So I'm in the islands, and I'm running a projector. I'm calling it ministry, but I'm running. Uh, there's two projectors, and I'm, I got, there's, there's a reel on this one. Last 30 minutes. And then when it gets through, this one lasts 30, and then we put another one. And so I'm back there running the sound system and the projectors for the Jesus film. And at the end, someone's up preaching, giving an altar call. They never asked me. And I never told them. I'm not going to. I'm, this is between me and God. You want me to do something? You do it. I'm not God. That actually liberated me, set me free in my soul. So I'm back there running it, and a guy walks up and says, I don't have the message tonight. Do you? And I went, nope. Holy Ghost all over me. I mean, the Holy Ghost said, you're preaching tonight. And I went, yeah, I ain't saying nothing. You know I ain't saying nothing. And the guy walks back and says, Morgan, you got something? And I went, nope. You do it. They ask you to do it. You do it. He said, I don't got nothing. He said, I don't have anything to say. He said, I don't have the anointing or nothing. He said, he said, do you? And I went, you do it. And I'm sitting there and I'm going, let's just see how big you are. He's either God or in. So he finally says, would you pray? I said, I'll pray. He said, well, come up and help me pray. 
And I got up and I prayed and he handed me the mic and he ran. <laughs> I went, well, I guess I'm preaching. I had, I got to tell you all, that was the, one of the funnest nights I preached in, the, in a field in, the, in, in the Bahamas. People got born again, and when I got finished, the Holy Ghost hit me. I jumped on a bus. Now, I'm not, I'm not racist. It's very difficult to find black people in a black bus at night. But I could tell they were there because I would just kind of feel for them. Okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of you. But I, I just went from kid to kid, and, and when I got off the bus, everyone, I'm talking in tongues. And I ran through the field with my arms out like an eagle, and everybody I hit started talking in tongues. And the glory just hit that field. And I got through preaching, and people were laying out in the field in the power and the whole nine yards. And somebody walked up and went, my God, you can preach. I said, uh, yes, I can. He said, why didn't you tell me? I said, you never asked. And they handed me the ministry. Wow. And I ran it for over a year after that. And uh, had a ball. Had a, I mean, shooting lobsters, grouper. Come on, y'all. Wake up in the morning, get a Hawaiian sling, go down to the go down and shoot your breakfast. That's God. Y'all know. And then he called me to the church here. <laughs> But that was when the Lord said, when you get home, and when it, the same thing happened here, and I'm not going to go into that, but the same thing happened. I just said, you're going to have to be big enough. So it has really helped stabilize me that when this church has gone through finances, there was one time we were down to $200. I just said, it's your church. I went home and went to bed. I didn't, I didn't even lose any sleep. I was a little bit hoping it would fail. I was having a hard time with, with the whole thing. I really was. And it wasn't the people. It was more me. But um, he, he picked it up. There was a man that came running into the building the last five minutes after the service was over and handed me his tithe check and kept the whole service going one more week. And then after that, it turned around and picked up. And God's been faithful. But, but, but I've, I had to learn early on that there are things I can't do. I can't make, that's why I told y'all a while ago when I walked in, I said, I'll never put pressure on you. God will either pay for his chairs or he won't. I don't, they're his chairs, you're his building, you, you're your people, you pay for your own chairs. Don't get me, don't, no, no. That's, that helps me with my soul because I don't lay awake at night worrying about you or the church or the building or anything else. I just go, well, hallelujah. But Kenneth Hagin said one time to the Lord, he said, you're a million dollars in debt. <laughs> and then he said, if you don't pay your bills, I'm going to tell somebody, I'm going to go and tell everybody the Bible don't work. And the million dollars came in. It's his school. Amen. So, so worrying, you don't have to. You understand? You don't have to. I told Lisa this and, and it really set her free. And she was laying in the bed with adrenal fatigue and there's a tendency and Kenneth Hagin did it. He said, I wore the varnish off the bed trying to stay alive. You, you can't keep yourself here because you grab the bedpost and, and ring them. You're actually acting on fear. You, he actually, so the Lord told Kenneth Hagin, until you conquer worry, I can't lift you off this bed. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was the thing he had to conquer to get healed. 
So when Lisa was dealing with adrenal fatigue, I looked at her and I said, you're going to have to conquer the fear of death. And I don't think she liked it a lot. And I know I would understand that. I, that makes sense. But she did. She said, you know, that made sense. I had, she had to get over, well, the worst thing that happens, I'm going to be with Jesus. Well, that stopping, her stopping the worry is probably when she started healing. You all see that? So when Jesus says, let's see that you're not troubled, he's, he's being serious. Now, I want to re- read something I wrote. I'm not suggesting a reckless abandonment of responsibility. There's things you're going to have to do. You don't say, well, you know, I don't have a job. Praise the Lord. It's up to the Lord. No, go find one. You know, God don't change baby diapers. And what I mean by that is there's things God gave you to do. Don't give your children to God. They're yours. <laughs> well, the Lord, I'm just giving them to the Lord. No, he gave them to you, darling. You raise them. Okay. So, there's, so I'm not talking about a reckless abandonment of responsibility, nor am I saying let's pretend that there's not a problem. There's a problem. I'm not denying COVID. I'm denying it's right to rule me. I'm denying the devil the right to rule me. Okay, that's what you're saying. So it's not denial. People thought that faith people are in denial. I'm not sick. You're sick. Now I'm the healed. And right now I'm focusing on the word but I'm not pretending like I'm not sick. There was a lady that came in. I think Kenneth Copeland told the story that she couldn't see. So she went in a meeting, got prayed for, and she took her glasses off and threw them away. And Kenneth said, put them back on, darling. Until, and don't get out on the drive down the road and drive by faith. You can't see. Wait till they manifest before you throw them away. Don't, don't be doing bumper cars on the road. So there's a lot of stupid stuff that, that people have done in the name of faith, not faith. So I'm not talking about a reckless abandonment or denial. So go to Matthew 14. Um, this is a story in the Bible that every one of us have heard many times. And it'll probably be preached a lot more before Jesus returns. I might preach on it every day for a year for all I know. It's a very good story. And I, I, you know, have y'all ever done, have y'all ever listened to someone like Mark Hankins preach something and then heard him preach it again and you loved it as much a month later as when you, have y'all ever done, I, I do that. I, I was in the room the other day and Lisa was talking to Mark and, and I was in the room listening to Mark preaching on the blood. I love, I mean, I, 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 I turned it on the next night and listened to it again. I'm like, that was good. I'm going to listen to that again. I want you to, don't think that, you know, I, I, we heard that last year. He preached on that. Yeah. The truth is timeless. Now, let me, let me make another statement here. And I want y'all to, I like making my own bread. And when I found out that the, the wheat germ in the bread has vitamin E, that is, just, that is the reason vitamin A works. And you need, you need vitamin E for vitamin A. If your eyes are getting bad, you might want to eat real bread. 
There's a lot of stuff in the wheat germ you can't get from, you're going to have to grind it if you want the, the vitamin. There ain't any other place you get it. And the Bible says, give us today our daily bread. I wonder why that God said, you eat bread today. Tomorrow, all of that nutrient is gone. You don't store up the vitamin. You don't, oh, I ate some bread yet. No, you're going to have to grind it again. So that's the same thing with truth. You go, well, I read that yesterday. You might want to read it again today. You might want to grind that scripture up just a little bit more this morning and feed on it. So I'm trying to get you to over the fact that you sort of, I know that. No, that's not the way you live. All right, Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there and the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, which would be the fourth watch of the night right now in America and the world, wouldn't it? Right before Jesus returns, he came walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. And immediately Jesus said, be of good cheer. It is I do not be afraid. Now I'm not going to focus on that one, but that's the first time he told them to don't be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, you command me to come on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, say, say that he saw the wind. Now, you know, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. If the wind isn't blowing, can you walk across the swimming pool? Try it. I went out after reading this one day and did. I really wanted to see if I could do it, and I, I didn't do very well. And I also noticed that I didn't begin to sink. I just went, boom. I was down. I went, I didn't begin to sink. So that means, that was when I learned that Peter, it, well, anyway, I, I, I tried it. I, I'm, I'm goofy. I really want to do crazy. I want to walk across a pool. I want to fly. Y'all, I'm in the wrong church. Don't y'all want to do that? I want to be translated. We did it the other night with Mary Fran, but I didn't see it. How long did it take us to get here, Lisa? Ten minutes? from Mount Dora. We were running late. Mary friend came down and said, I'm sorry. She had had her clock set on a national time. And she dawned on her and she went, and we called and said, we're here. She's like, oh no. Well, that's embarrassing to her. So she prayed, got in the truck. We got 10 minutes to get here. I just said, Mary friend, they'll just sing. When we pulled up, what time was it, Lisa? Six? 6.02. Well, the second night we weren't running late. We put, yeah, we're talking about at the Hilton in Mount Dora. 
That's not a 12-minute ride, and I didn't speed. When I got Mary Fran, I don't speed. She will say, oh, you, get, you go over the speed limit, she'll go, how fast are you going? And if you get too close to people, she'll go, is there any reason why you're riding them? I mean, she's going to make you, you're going to obey the laws of the land if you're taking her around. So you better be nice. Just, and it's okay. I'm, I'm good with it. So I wasn't speeding. So when I pulled down the road here was the first time I looked at my clock in the truck and it went six o'clock. How did we just do that? And I said, my friend, and I said, Lisa, when did we leave? And I think it was like 38 or 40 or something like that. No, 50, 50, something 50. 48, 48. 548 or whatever. When we got her in the truck, and I'm like, we got about 10 minutes. I just didn't pay any attention. We're just talking, praying in the Holy Ghost. Matter of fact, we started praying in the Holy Ghost about before Zellwood, didn't we? We just took off praying in the spirit all the way here, all three of us in the truck just praying in tongues. And then I looked at the, tr the clock and I went, how did we just do this? I wanted to feel the woo, Star Trek and I didn't. And I don't know when it happened. I thought, where did we, woo? Because I don't remember. It really bugs me. I don't, you know, in Star Trek, when they hit the afterburners, you can see the stars go by. I wanted to see the cars. <laughs> and they didn't. But we did it. Isn't that cool? Okay, so I want to walk on water. Anyway, I said all that. That was free. No, don't put extra money in the offering. Now, look, let's go back over here. Um, when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Now, let's go back to what Jesus said, eyes on me. Fear is screaming, look at me. Circumstances are talking to you. Look at me. Listen to me. Look at me. You're going to deal with this. I mean, it's going to demand your attention. But the, what you're going to have to get your eyes off the problem and on to Jesus. See, he's, you're in a situation where you, God's, God's got to move in your life. And if it happens, you're going to have to get your eyes. What did he say to you? He said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will lift me up. Say, he will lift me up. Now, see, you got to focus on, can he do it? Yes, he can. Will he? Yes, he will. Now, that's what Mary Friend was saying to us, eyes on me, eyes on me. That means you're going to have to stop looking at the wind. He, got, he was talking to Jesus. Jesus was talking to him, and he's walking on the water, and then he went, Good Lord, it's windy. I'm on water. I can't do this. I know. But Jesus had spoken to him, and he took his eyes off of him. Right now, you and I, you, listen, you and I 
must keep our eyes on what he said. I don't care what's happening in America or your children or your job, eyes on me. My God meets all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. And if God is for me, who could be against me? Eyes on me, eyes on me. And you may have to do the little jig in your room and go, my eyes are on you, my eyes are on you. Now, I didn't get into it tonight, and I don't have time to it, but one of my favorite stories is Peter. Was, did Peter have a problem with dying? Yeah. Girl comes along and says, you're one of his. And I said, the heck I am. I'm not one of his. It says he cussed. He swore. I mean, Jesus went, you swore. I swear you did. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. He didn't say that. No, he did. It bothered him because he's thinking, if I say that, I'm going to die. But later, they arrest him, and they lock him in a jail with soldiers. Folks, you can't change that. This changes or I'm dying. But Jesus already told him how he's going to die. He knows how you're going to die? Then don't worry about it. So he went in there and went to sleep. Angel had had to smack him. I mean, he's cutting Z's. We're going to kill you in the morning. He's sleeping. I would recommend some of y'all get some sleep. You might have to talk to the devil so you can go to sleep. No, I don't pay any attention to you in Jesus' name, you foul devil from hell. Now, we're gonna, I want to show you something first. I didn't show you this in First Peter. Um, and he began to sing, Lord, save me, eyes on me. Now, let me see if I'm done because I want to go back. Um, well, let's not go back. Remember in 1 Peter 5, he said, your adversary who? Did he ever mention anybody? And stop blaming people for your circumstance. You, I, know this, I know you're not going to like this. Our problem is not Antifa. I know you think it is. You think it's the uh, Black Lives Matter. It's not. What about the left? What about COVID? See, I know those are things. There's a spirit behind it. And the biggest issue, and you keep looking at it and looking at it and looking at it and talking to it and thinking about it. Folks, you're going to get scared. You know why I'm not afraid of COVID? I don't read anything on it. It's a pestilence and I got authority. I just read what the word of God says. And he says, lay hands on the sick and they recover. Whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive it and you shall have it. And I got authority over all the work of the enemy. And that's what I'm looking at. You say, what if you die? Bye. (laughs) I'm not afraid of that either. Does that sound crazy to you? I'm not... You're, you're not keeping you here. You're not that good. Okay. All right. Now go to Philippians chapter four. This is good. This is good, 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 good. Now I'm beginning my sermon. I was laying a foundation. No, not really. This is, come on, come on. So is it important what you're thinking about? Say yes. Yes. 
Very, 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 very important. Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice and jump and scream and holler. Rejoice what? In the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. In the Lord. He's good in the Lord. He's for me in the Lord. He answers my prayer in the Lord. In the Lord. He didn't say jump and holler. He just said rejoice in the Lord. That means you got to have a reason for your jumping and holler. You don't just jump and holler. All right. Let your gentleness, oh no, not really. By God, I think I'm going to go down to Portland and kill somebody. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Is that not something to get excited about? It soon, uh, we ought to do an Andre Crouch one day. Let's just do it. Soon and a very soon, uh, we are going to see the king. Yeah! When I was in Tulsa, we had a black worship leader. Now, black folk can sing that song. Now, white folk, y'all can do all right, but don't, don't get mad at me. But I mean, you get a black person on, a, on, a, on a, one of those organs, a uh, Hammond. We would sing, worship services in my church in Tulsa lasted one hour. And we sang soon and very soon for 30 minutes. <laughs> might want to hang around church if you want a real move with God. I mean, we just, I mean, and we just would get in church and just have a ball, run and jump and soon. And, and, you, and, and really, the honest to God truth, it, it ain't far away. I mean, he is really coming back. And I don't care what anybody says right now, he's coming back and he's going to smoke some turkeys and people are, I mean, he's going to burn it up. He's, we're out of here. He's going to smoke this joint and we're all coming back and it's very soon. So the Lord is in hand and I get excited about that. Imagine seeing him. We're here. I didn't believe we'd ever get here, but we are forever. You ever think about all the people? Won't that be fun? Won't it be a ball? There are so many people. My buddy, Gray Bennett, I grew up with Gray, and we, and we hunted and fished my whole boyhood. What a, what, my best friend in the world, but he had diabetes, the, the type one, the bad, bad thing. And he was always afraid he would die at 40. He did not. But he, did, he dropped dead at 50. He never kicked the diabetes. And uh, he was out in the woods one day, standing out in his, in his land. He had 40, 40 or 80 acres? 80 acres. And, um, and the guys were clearing his trees, and he just fell over. But he was so born again. He was so... I went up there one year, and the Lord spoke to him audibly. He was smoking dope and drinking, even though I'd led him the Lord. And the Lord spoke to him audibly and said, Gray, get it right. Scared the mud out of him. Shook him to the core. I'm down here in Florida, and the Lord says, go to Georgia and go deer hunting. I'm thinking eight-point buck. I'm thinking, oh, God. Big deer. Yes. I shot a spike. And I'm at the camp the last day and I'm going, Spike? You sent me up here for a spike? 
And Gray came down, and we didn't have chairs. He had logs. And he pulled up a log and said, I had an encounter with God. I need to get right with God, and I asked him to send you. So, so I said, oh, well, now I know why I'm here. I should have prayed for a bigger deer. And I pulled up a log and sat there and got gray right with God and got him filled with the Holy Ghost. He got a hold of Dwayne Sheriff's teaching, and he just he fell in love with Jesus. Just, he had Dwayne Sheriff's cassette tapes. Lisa will tell you this. In his mobile home, he built a, a wooden shelf that all around the whole living room was stacked with tapes. And he would wake up in the morning and listen to Dwayne Sheriff for an hour or two before he ever got out of the house. Read the word and prayed. He'd sit there and just cry over his Bible. So tender to God. And I'm looking forward to walking up in heaven and seeing him. You're like, hey, Greg. He goes, where you been? I said, well, I was down there working while you up here doing nothing. I also, my first wife miscarried. I have a kid in heaven, never seen. So there's a lot of times I sit back and I think about seeing mom, seeing people I've led to the Lord that died. Wouldn't it be fun? I mean, it's going to be a ball. I mean, we're going to, they're all going to come running up to us and all want them want to talk at one time. I guess there's going to be some uh, a semblance of, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, please don't all talk at once. You know, hugged everybody. Have you ever thought about people that are mad at you right now? That there's a line up there that you got to get in for all the people that are mad at you, and then you got to get in another line for all the people you're mad at, so y'all can live together forever because you died and didn't get it right. I'm just running my mouth. I mean, it's just. Do y'all think about this stuff and like, well, I'll see you in heaven, but you're going to apologize someday. <laughs> Okay, I didn't think y'all would appreciate that a bit. Okay. All right, Philippians chapter 4. Let's go down here. Be anxious about what? That means it too, baby. You stop. You stop it. Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart in what? Your mind. You and I are going to have to be very careful what we think about. Because that's where Satan's coming in your thoughts. Number one, he says, whatever's true. Now listen to this. Someone says, well, you did that and it's true. I get that. But true means truth and truth never changes. Facts do. You and I are going to have to focus on on what doesn't change. You're going to have to choose to think good. Someone asked me last night in class, what do you do about people who are depressed? I said, well, tell them to quit feeling sorry for themselves and thinking about bad stuff all day. Well, God's mad at me. He isn't. Well, I feel it. Doesn't matter. Your, Your thought life is why you're the way you are. You want everyone to change so you don't have any more bad thoughts. Why don't you just not have bad thoughts? You're going to have to fight to do it because it don't happen. Tomatoes don't grow by themselves. You've got to plant them and pull weeds. All right, truth. If you can't think, you cannot think 
two thoughts at a time. If you have a bad thought, don't try to get rid of it. You put a good one in there and push the bad one out. All right, you got to think about this. Noble means high thinking, not low. Whatever's noble, think high. Nobility is people who sit on thrones. You can think dirt, you can think trash, or you can think high. I'm made in the image of God. That's a high and lofty thought. If God is for me, that's a high thought. The love of God is shed abroad in my heart. That's a high thought. I'm full of God, the Holy Ghost. That's a high thought. You've got to start thinking because there's a lot of circumstances talking to you and you're going to have to get your thoughts. Don't just gather them, but I mean, go high. You know, one of the hardest things you may do is in the middle of a problem, paint a picture of your future that's great. You know how many times I've said, what am I going to do? What am I thinking about? What's happening? A lot of times God would say to me, he would start painting a picture of what he was going to do with me in the future. And then all of a sudden what I'm going through don't mean anything. I know where I'm going. I'm going up. Is that not awesome? Didn't um, Andrew Walmack make a statement? He says, you know, um, um, don't limit God. He said, you're limiting me by your thoughts. You're seeing yourself little. You're seeing me little. See yourself healed. See yourself blessed. See yourself prosperous. See see it. I want to tell you something Jack Hayford said to me, and it helped me pastor. Go home and see the people in your church as they can become. Whoa. I had never seen you as you can become. I was looking at you as you is. And I didn't like a lot of them. That is not good. And all of a sudden I began to go, wait a minute, if these people are your workmanship, they're going to change. Maybe if I start seeing them as awesome, they might become it. And it took a little while before I got my thinking to where I actually enjoyed coming to church. I'm going down there and preaching the knuckleheads. No, I'm going down there to preach to ambassadors of Almighty God, sons and daughters of God. I'm going down there to talk to the winners tonight. I'm going down there to talk to the men and women that, that God is living on the inside that are going to rule and reign on the earth forever. That's what we're going to do tonight. See, isn't that a whole lot higher thinking? Say amen. Say I'm awesome. All right. Lovely. That means beautiful thinking. That's crazy. It's fun. Even the desert has flowers. I love pictures of things like deserts. And someone takes a picture of a flower that decides it's going to break out right in the middle of a bad place. I like to think, uh, what was the um, song? Tell me his name. Uh, He sang, uh, what a beautiful world. Um, um, Come on, he's the black guy that... Willie Armstrong. Willie Armstrong. Someone help me with it. 
Louis Armstrong. What's, what's the song? Yeah, you know, there's times that I will actually go, go in my office and find him and sit in there and sing. Because the world right now might not be, but it actually, there is so much good going on right now. We're looking at the bad, but there are so many people getting saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. There's so many good things happening. Why don't we just focus on the good and not the bad? Why don't we focus, focus on the fact that I, focus, I said one day, I thank God I'm only 66. Instead of, I'm 66. I wish I was 30. Well, thank God you're not 90. Come on, just, just get excited about something. I still got two eyeballs. I'm still able to walk. I don't have no wheelchair. I'm just, hallelujah, I have a nice truck. I got a house to sleep in. I sleep in an air condition. I got a swimming pool. Glory to God, hallelujah, thank Jesus. I ate today. And someone brought me okra. No, don't you even go there. If you don't like okra, you might not be saved. No, I'm teasing, I'm saying. But all, now, is, that not, is that not fun? Can't, don't you love beauty? You know, there's things I love. I love watching the Olympics when the girls are ice skating. I love ice skating. It is so beautiful. I mean, you know, they worked and they worked and they worked and they worked. It, it, and I just, I just so enjoy watching that. Isn't it fun to just sit and enjoy your life and just go, Lisa, she'll wake up in the morning and then you'll, you'll know where she is because she's like, look at that sunrise, clickety, 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 click. And then that night, look at the sunset, clickety, 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 click. And she's just enjoying what God made. I mean, don't have to go, she don't have to think about the church all day. Think about the sunrise, sunset. Think, just get excited about what you got going on that's really beautiful right now. Amen. I got some beautiful boys. Don't tell them I said that. How much time we got? Oh man, I'm way out of time. I'm not, I'm over time, over time. Remember Numbers 13, it says that they came back with a bad report. What was the bad report? We're going to die. That's a bad report. I got, I'm going to tell you this. I'm way out of time. I'm way out of time. I can't do this. But when the doctor came in and told me I was full of gangrene, I went in my room and made a sermon. I wanted to see myself preaching, not dying. I had to make myself see. I planned my future. Just decided I'm going to lay here and get excited about Wednesday. And I came here Wednesday and preached that sermon. That, I, that when they gave me, you are completely full of gangrene. Are you all out there? You've you got to force yourself to go, I don't think I'm going to think about that. I'll never see Lisa again. I will see her again. I'm going back to my church and preach. I got a sermon. But I, I'm not going to see, I'm not going to sit around and talk about dying. I'm time to, I, don't have, I don't have time to die. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Virtue means a very high moral standard. Let me finish this because I got to get finished. 
What's praiseworthy, worthy of glory? Meditate means to ponder, mull, and look intently and focus. Focus on the good. Get your mind and get it off the stuff you're thinking. And, and don't let the devil run your head. You ready to pray? Father God, oh, ha, ha, ha. Father God, Mary Fran said such a powerful word to us. Eyes on me. I'm asking that every one of us in this room will walk out here tonight and go, amen. That was a, that was a rhema for this church, probably for the whole body of Christ. But we're going to have to practice, Father. We're going to have to walk out here tonight and practice. Eyes on me. Eyes on me. Not on the circumstances. Not on the wind. Not on the problems. Not on America. We're not denying it. But we're going to keep our eyes on you. And you are the glory and lifter of our head. And our future is good. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So if you don't like the day change your thinking. God bless you. Get out of here. Have a wonderful night. I'll see you Sunday morning.